from Champa Bay. This is Pucks and Balls. Now, now, who's ready to light the lamp? Here's Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's up, guys? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, a brand new Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a hockey dynasty, as well as Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games, practices, storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So be sure to download that Odyssey app, the most convenient way to stay up to date on all Pucks and Bolts episode. Hit that auto download button so that it's sitting there just waiting for you when you're on your drive over to work, when you're brewing coffee, when you're taking that midday gym break or whatever it is that you're doing. Be sure to stay up to date on all brand new Pucks and Bolts episodes. You can also catch Pucks and Bolts streaming on any of your other favorite platforms. Share with friends, family and all hockey fans. Guys, I'm Casey Hudson, joined by my lovely co-host Kaylee Mizell. And it is time for us to get into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts here at Odyssey. Kaylee. Good morning. Hi. It's been a weekend for both oh, of us. Oh, yeah. It's been an action-packed weekend. I'm doing well. It's early on this Monday morning. I haven't had my coffee yet, but I'm awake. I'm rolling, and we are going to get into it. First, fans, we got to get into the breakout, just kind of where we're going to give you guys all of our news and notes for the day. This is going to be where we're going to talk about injury updates, team news, team information, Casey, when the reverse retro jerseys do drop, this is where we're going to talk about it. I did put up a picture on my Twitter over the weekend of those jerseys and uh, of a, a, a test, a template, if you will. Feeling everybody out. From what somebody thought that the jerseys might look like. And uh, there was a lot of feedback. And Ooh. to be honest, not so positive. Uh, Casey, go check check it check it out and see what you think. Uh, we can talk about it next time on yes. Pucks and Bolts. Fans, again, we like to hear from you. Here's the breakout. Not too much news today. Uh, mm-hmm. The biggest thing is the allegations against um, Ian Cole. They they were found to have no substantial evidence to support those allegations. So the NHL did have an investigation into the sexual abuse and grooming allegations against lightning defenseman Ian Cole. They found no evidence to substantiate those allegations. They announced on Saturday, Cole said, I'm grateful for the opportunity to respond and refute the allegations made against me, which I categorically deny so he will be returning to the team um and uh they took this situation very seriously and you know it it came to a resolution from what i understand they did try to reach out to the anonymous source um with no success so there's a possibility it could be opened again if they do end up being able to talk to this person Mm -hmm. Uh, but for now this matter in the eyes of the NHL, the NHLPA, Ian Cole, and the Tampa Bay Lightning is closed, and they are moving forward with Ian Cole as a member of this Tampa Bay Lightning team as he was suspended for just about a week there um, mm-hmm. when the allegations did come out. So, Casey, that's the breakout. Not too much news today because luckily we have no real big injuries to report or anything wild like that. But we do have, Casey, some uh-huh. games that were played over the weekend. In fact, two back-to-back games, and the Lightning are really overloaded with this schedule coming in. They've got a lot of back-to-back games. Hot early, start. Early on, which I think will actually really help this team prepare and get some legs underneath them. Uh, Casey, let's start with the Columbus Blue Jackets. That mm-hmm. game on Friday night It's a game that you and I talked about, and it's always fun to see because there's a lot of history in that game. The Lightning take down the Blue Jackets 5-2 in a really powerful offensive performance. Mm -hmm. They almost took line by line, Casey, what we talked about, what they needed to do on special teams, offensively, defensively. They took it and they just applied it. They executed at a high Mm -hmm. level. Now, this was against the Blue Jackets team. That is still figuring things out. I'm not going to like, you know, say that they're 
the perfect Blue Jackets team. I think that they they still have a lot of stuff to figure out on their own. Mm-hmm. However, the Lightning did take advantage. Casey, what do you think about that 5-2 victory? Okay. Well, for starters, of course, I was happy to see them finally get a W. But one thing you and I did point out heading into this back-to-back matchup that the Bolts had was the fact that they were going to go from playing against a team that was trying to find chemistry, almost, you know, similar to the Bolts situation. And then you're going to play this team that has this, you know, these guys that have 17 years, 17 seasons of chemistry between them. And so the dynamic was going to be very different. And we somewhat saw that in the result of the scores. And we'll get more into that. But as for this Columbus Blue Jackets matchup, you you called it on Twitter. I was so excited because what did I say? I wanted more Ross Colton. And nope, I'm not changing his name. He is Ross the kid to me. Ross the boss. Always. Ross the kid. He's always the kid. <laughs> the kid got involved. The kid saw some action. The kid contributed goals. The kid showed that chemistry that a lot of us were like, okay, we thought we saw this in the preseason. So what's going on now? And then there it was between him and Vladdy and then Corey Perry. Corey Perry's that that veteran presence on that line that can really speak to both of these guys. I know Vladdy's about to be 30. Colton, you know, mid young 20s or whatever, but I just like the the rhythm that they started to strike up versus the Blue Jackets and I felt like that was a good game for them to figure out, okay, yeah, we can build upon this. So, mm-hmm. that was a big thing for me to see um now the hard part is that yeah, they cleaned up um special teams a little bit, but not as much as you were kind of as as you and I were maybe hoping, if you will. I think that they just had a fast approach to a team that's still trying to put the pieces together. So while you can acknowledge and appreciate that, you know, it only registers for so much. It's still early in the season, guys. I'm not freaking out, so you don't freak out. Um, but it was also nice to see Colton, Vladdy, Perry get in on the power play action. Something else I mentioned. I know Stammer Cooch and Hedman are the the star trio of power plays. They're the reason that this team has been one of the best power play units over the last five seasons Um, and having one of the best power play percentages. I'm not discounting that. It's the fact that in certain games, you got to see other people do it. And and Corey Perry was able to do that. So Friday versus the Blue Jackets, you got Colton that registered one goal, one assist, two points, had a 16.7% shot average and about... 11 minutes on ice. That's a little bit more than he played versus the Rangers. So you can see that coach Cooper is uh, trying to place where they can, you know, add to his time on the ice, make sure that when he's out there, that he's being utilized in, in the reasons why they have him shuffling through certain lines, Colton being on that third line, that's a big trust uh, between coach Cooper to Ross Colton, you know, cause he was rotating out on that fourth line for the longest time. And then Vladdy two assists, two points again, about 11 a little over 11 minutes of time on ice, 25% on the face-off. I've talked multiple times about the success starts in the circle with face-offs. And so we want to see more guys than just, you know, the two top guys that can do well with face-offs here. Um, the more people that can get involved, the better. And my biggest takeaway from the weekend collectively over both games is I'm going to continue to gravitate towards Vladdy here. This is a guy that was excited to get back to Tampa Bay, and he's such a versatile player. And versatility, we talk about this with football, Kaylee, and and it applies just as much in hockey. When you get those players that can be, you know, contribute power play-wise, contribute penalty kill-wise, be defensive-minded, set up their their teammates to score, Vladdy's that guy. So the more he gets – Reacclimated in this system, the more that he gets to attach himself to the veterans, the great veteran presence that is on this Tampa Bay Lightning roster, I feel like he's going to start to skyrocket even more. And I'm hoping that might start Tuesday in the home opener. So as you know, you tweeted it. Those are the two guys that I very much had to give a shout out to uh, in that Columbus Blue Jackets game. Uh, what do you think of it, Kaylee? I, I, I mean, just to kind of really go off of what you said, I really liked the pairing between Perry Colton and Vladdy, I thought that that combination was really able to really get things going. They combined for six points. You, you mentioned it. Um, and I don't know if they would have gotten going without Perry. I really like that combination between all of them. They really had um, a chemistry that I, I, I mean, kudos to Coach Cooper because I would not have just like put the, that trio together in my head, yeah. but it worked and it worked really well. And and if you think about it, like as I thought further about it, Corey Perry is a guy that he likes to score. He was known for his scoring. And so having him with a guy like Ross Colton, 
uh, who who also likes to score and was known for scoring in the AHL and and really led his team in a lot of ways in, in that capacity. Uh, it, I think it will really kind of help him become the player that, frankly, this franchise will build around for the next significant period of time um, because – Colton can be that all-star player. He can be that rock star player, uh, but he's still young. And, and so he has to grow and develop into that, giving him this opportunity and then having him paired with a veteran like Corey Perry. I think it really, really just begins to generate. Uh, and, and of course, Casey, you still have the star players, you know, Steven Stamkos <laughs> goes out there and, and just, you know, gets going, love to see it with him. Um, but you even get the guys like, you know, Cal foot getting involved and, yes. and, and really timely goals. I mean, two of probably the best goals in that game were the Ross Colton goal mm -hmm. and the Cal foot goal. I mean, though, those two goals were really, really great goals. They were very powerful and they were very, very timely, which, mm -hmm. Uh, in, in terms of getting, giving this team momentum, hockey is such a back and forth game and, and, and momentum can swing. And so really being able to solidify your team as the team that is continuing to build momentum is very important. And then when you look at the, the game flow and the Corsi over the course of this game, it just, I mean, the line, it just like the Tampa Bay lightning is down at the bottom and it just, it's a, it's a, basically a direct diagonal line going mm -hmm. towards like the lightning and, and them continuing to improve. Um, and that's five on five action, but the lightning really did own this game essentially from start to finish. Um, you know, you look at the high danger scoring chances. They had 15 high danger scoring chances against the blue jackets, but it's not just the offense that did really, really well in this game. Casey, they only allowed two high danger scoring chances for the blue jackets. So really owning the ice North to South, uh, it was a really great thing to see, especially after you drop that first game to the Rangers, a team that, you know, has given you struggles. So I think that being able to go in there, win five, two, it really set them up. It set the tone for the weekend. I thought that getting that win and really getting that because th they had a really strong work day on Thursday. You talked to Corey yes. Perry and he said like, Hey, our practice on th like we took it, we went to business. We and went we've seen work. how this team responds when they get a practice mm -hmm. day. Cause Kaylee, you've mentioned that before. Yep. They don't get a lot of practices once no. the season gets going. And we've always seen them translate those practice, you know, those days that they really get to sit there and get into the semantics and get into the playbook and, and translate that. So you just said something and I got so excited because um, yeah. it, you made a great point when you dropped those, drop the stats. Um, when you look at the statistics of that game versus the blue jackets, you saw almost every player getting involved. I mean, you finally saw flurry getting an assist. Mm -hmm. You saw Alex Kalorn's name finally getting in on the action. That third line there that you and I talked about heading into it, that top line, you know, you can count on and Sam Coase is still over here adding to the tally of all the amazing records that he wants to, uh, equate to or break he's gonna break that much more by oh game yeah. seven of this season but yeah I'm, I'm I just wanted to point out the fact that something they did well in that game and it's probably because of that practice and as you mentioned what Corey Perry said a lot more players just got involved and the more players that are involved and the more players that can just kind of feed and build off of one another is where that five on five really starts to pan out well um, and their even strength looks good versus them relying on special teams to get the job for them, whether it's their PK unit or their power play unit. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I got excited because I saw, you know, other people's names involved in that. And it was good to see Fleury uh, starting to step in there as well, because you're going to need everybody all hands on deck for the stretch of this season. And they're off to a different start under under head coach John Cooper. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Yeah, it, it, it is a little bit different, but it makes sense that it's a little bit different and a little bit slower and, and that what happened has happened. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I did really seeing them come out and kind of punch Columbus in the face and, and really come out to a, that very strong start, really great finish. Um, and you said it, maybe, maybe it wasn't perfect on special teams, but it was certainly better. You know, they right. took a step in the right direction. I was expecting a little bit more from them. The Pittsburgh Penguins are not the Columbus Blue Jackets. They have things a little bit more figured out. Um, but it, it was a little bit of a letdown seeing such an awesome win and then going back to see that 6-2 loss to the Penguins. Mm-hmm. And it, almost the exact opposite in this game, Casey. And that's what, what feels maybe a little bit frustrating is that it really seemed like for a, a well, a, a good amount of the game, it was back and forth. However, I would say that while the Lightning were only down a goal coming into the third period, mm-hmm. that the Penguins really did kind of own the ice throughout that game. Uh, they Just the way that they played, the way that they were having, you know, they, they yeah, the Penguins, they were faster to the puck. They were quicker on the ice. Their transition game was was just more fluid. Mm-hmm. They they really uh, they did a good job of keeping the lightning at bay and and kind of on their heels, not knowing what to do almost all night. And I just mentioned the high danger chances in the Columbus game where the lightning did fantastic and they had you know a fifteen to two high danger chances. This game is almost the opposite. They had eight, they allowed 18 high danger chances and they only only had five. So, I mean, that's a pretty significant drop off. The fact that they really just were not able to get pucks on stick, pucks near goal. They -hmm. just were not able to get there. Um, And you have to credit, you know, Moose and, and Brian Elliott for what he was able to do. He stopped 27 of 29 shots in the first two periods. Um, and, and, but things just kind of fell apart after that. And I don't attribute that to Brian Elliott's fault. Um, no. you know, it, it, it was hard to see, um, you know, he, he allowed three goals on 15 shots in, in, in the third. And that's just, you hate to see that. Um, it, it, it's just not what you want to see. And it, it feels just frustrating because you know, from the game that you saw before that mm-hmm. this team could be better. Um, and, and, and in what ways? Yeah. And, in, and in what ways, you know, special teams wasn't perfect, um, you know, I, I, I frankly want to zone in a little bit more on the penalty kill. And I think that they're really missing a guy like Anthony Sorelli because he is such a shut down guy mm-hmm. and he was very strong on the penalty kill and, and they don't have him. And, and that is impacting this team. You're seeing it on the penalty kill. I think it'll take some time for this penalty kill to really get things going and really yeah. get in this zone. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you mentioned the the penalty kill there, Kay, because a lot of great things that you actually noted, especially that high danger stuff, it, it's really uh, puts things into perspective. But let's just say over the course of the weekend, this team has drawn in 12 penalties um, over three games, actually not just the weekend, 12 penalties over three games, that's four penalties a game. And at that point, you know, I try to defend them the other the other pucks and bolts episode where I was like, okay, well, it's just four to the, to the Rangers, six. Yeah, but you can't be collecting for every single game. And just to add to the penalty kill issue there, when you're drawing those penalties and you're giving the other team power play opportunities and you're putting your, your PK unit out there more than, you know, your five on five units, almost that's going to be problematic. Um, especially for a team that likes to convert most of their points through the power play. So they're not even setting themselves up to be on the power play because they're too busy killing off things. Um, Sorelli being a key part, key part of that. Absolutely. 
But something else that wasn't helpful for this team is the fact that they're still trying to groom whomever is going to fill that Anthony Sorelli void. And that's kind of where, you know, I started seeing some notes about Cole Kopka. No, he didn't play versus Pittsburgh, but he did do well versus the Blue Jackets. He showed some quality forechecking ability. And a lot of the notes that I was seeing was saying that some of his skill set can translate to partially fill that void of Anthony Sorelli not being in the lineup. So maybe instead of Fortier being in, you're going to see a lot more Cole being in there and him contributing to the to the penalty kill um, that kind of touches back to what I mentioned moments ago Vladdy he is that guy who you know he has this versatility to him he can be more defensive minded I think they're going to try to get him more involved in that PK um, and he's been helpful thus far I mean they're sitting at 75% through three games but this is a team that's typically sitting 85 or higher on penalty kill percentage um so that was that. And then something else to keep in mind here, Pittsburgh had 13 takeaways to the Bolts' four takeaways. So aside from the penalty kill, it's their five-on-five five that has to clean up. But I know a lot of that is still finding what gels and um, you know how smoothly to run these lines and, and, and these shifts. But you can't have 13 takeaways and expect to manage a game whatsoever. That's poor puck management. Coach Cooper mentioned it after the game. And if you're going to give away the puck and then you're going to draw penalties and force yourself to be functioning on PK, you're not setting yourself up for success. And typically I don't, I, I meant to pull the percentage, but typically when the lightning score first, they put themselves in great positioning to control the rest of the game. Now, while they did stay in it against a high powered offense in the first period and second period and kind of let off the gas in the third period, um, that's something that they can't do. Victor Hedman said it. We have to play three periods of hockey, and that's going to be a big thing. As simple as that phrase is, that's going to be a big a big thing to remember heading into the Lightning hosting the Flyers Tuesday night at Amelie Arena. Yeah, and and just to continue, this team is frustrated. You know, Victor said Victor Hedman said it after the game. He said it's frustrating to feel like we're right there. And and they and they kind of were. Again, I I think that the Penguins still kind of controlled that game, but you look at the score and the Lightning were in it going into the third period yeah. um, and it just not allowing um, a team to really get get that strong start in the third. You have to play all three periods. Braden Point said it's a wake-up call for us, and so I think that this team is probably going to put some work in today. They, I think they had an off day yesterday, practice yes. today, put some work in, and then really get after the Flyers team. Uh, and Casey, they're they're going to see a Flyers team that, frankly, is 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 kind of hot. And 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 the city of Philadelphia. I mean, they're just. You, you get the Phillies winning and uh, the Flyers are feeding off of that. And we've seen that here in Tampa. We've seen yep. what it can be like when you have teams, you know, in the same city feeding off of each other and really looking towards uh, getting championships and, and elevating their game. So we are about to get into our storm watching segment. But before we do that, Casey. We got to put our fingers and we got to decide our cherry pickers. Do you want to explain to the fans what the cherry picker is and how they can get involved and maybe let us know their own cherry pickers? Right. So cherry picker is typically almost more of a standout, like key defense guy, if you will, but we're using it as just a standout guy. So we're just going to cut half the phrase in half. It's not always defense, but somebody who just really kind of contributes all around. Um, and, and, again, as your standout guy. So whenever we talk about cherry pickers here on Pucks and Bolts, we're talking about that standout player or that difference maker. So it doesn't always have to be one of the three stars of the game. And maybe we will do our own three stars of the game here and there. But, uh, yeah, when we get into that cherry picker moment, segment, unit, um, that's Kaylee and I kind of letting you guys know, hey, either keep an eye on this guy. He was a significant or key player in any of the previous games that we just talked about. So Kaylee, I'm going to throw it right back at you. Who's your okay. cherry picker of the weekend? You know, my back to back. Yeah, my cherry picker, and I'm I'm going to go. If you, if you listen to Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, you know, sometimes I just got to go basic. So my <laughs> cherry picker is Steven Stamkos. 
um, just the way that he was able to execute his leadership. I think seeing him after the lines got shuffled, seeing him play in the center position, his natural position, he really shines there. Yeah. I really like to see that because chemistry with Alex Kalorn, I think is, is fantastic. And so the fact that he was able to contribute a few goals on the weekend, uh, some assists and really get some of those shots in there. Uh, I, I really, I liked to see that. And uh, he is, because of the way that he plays, because of how he is, um, because of his leadership, for all of those reasons, he is going to be my cherry picker for the weekend. Love that. And so well earned also, whether whether people think it's basic or not, because how many people can you say, how many players, how many skaters have 492 assist points? Like oh he just collected his 492nd and this again this is a season where week by week there's going to be something that steven samkos is is breaking or uh equating to in the record books there so for a minute i was going to go with one other guy but it just wouldn't make sense to not pick the kid i oh, wanted him to yeah. step up a little bit um i wanted to see him more involved i wanted to hear his name more he felt too silent in game one and then started to come to life in game two and i feel like ross colton is just going to build um he's coming out of a season where he played 79 games 22 goals, 17 assists, 39 points, and a plus four. So I feel like Ross Colton is starting to really find his identity. And even though he's young, once you start finding your identity in hockey, you can be unstoppable. And when he finds his identity and he starts to secure what his role really is on this team, and like I said, it's a good notation to see him, you know, functioning on a different line, that third line there. Um, I think Colton's just going to continue to build. His chemistry with Vladdy is going to continue to grow. And I think we're going to see some really great things out of him. And so I got to give it, I got to give it to Ross, the boss. Um, or the kid, as I will forever call him for my cherry picker, over the weekend, which takes us into some storm watching, Kaylee. It's time to see what's brewing, what's roaring, who's marching in to Tampa Bay, Tampa, to Tampa, Tory. <laughs> we could call it Tampa, Tory. Um, Tampa, That's fun. Again, as, as Tampa Bay tries to solidify the fact that they are a hockey town, how will they manage hosting the Philadelphia Flyers um, Tuesday night, home opener? Yeah, well, you can't talk about the Flyers without talking about John Tortorella, a, yeah. a, a guy that Tampa knows pretty well. Um, and he, as their new coach, they've gone 2-0 and under him. Um, and like I said before, Casey, this is a team in a city right now that is really rallying. And uh, so you have to be prepared for that. You have to be prepared for a team that has their full city behind them. Um so they were able to rally to beat the Canucks uh, and, and they're coming off of a three, two win on Saturday night and really feel good about themselves. Uh, again, as the Phillies eliminated the Braves, uh, they, they've got a lot of stuff going on. So as we get into this, you, you, you first have to have your eyes on Torts, the head coach and say, he knows this team very well and his yep historically his teams have defended and controlled this lightning team very well. And you have to assume that he is going to try to do that very same thing coming in here. So what the lightning need to do is in, instead of trying to get bogged down by the way that the flyers play, they really have to go out, set the tone early and play their game. You do not want to be chasing in a game against the flyers. Absolutely not. And I love that you mentioned torts in this because we've seen, where was he just at the Columbus blue jackets? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So the stats heading into the, one of the final games when torts was still the coach over at CBJ was, um, totally in favor of the bolts. And you said it, he knows how to manage this team. He knows how to confine them. He knows how to restrict them from playing their style of hockey. And he did that. That's also where we saw a lot more physicality as well. So again, towards now being with a flyers team, they're a young team. They have guys that could be physical. You don't want to see physicality and speed pressuring this Tampa Bay lightning team. Cause we've already been there and talked about that. And Torts is going to be thriving off of the fact that the last two contests that the Bolts and the Flyers have had, one of their meetings on December 5th 
of last year. Bolts won seven to one, really put it to the Flyers with only 27 shots on goal compared to the Flyers, 39 shots on goal. If you ever see the Lightning have less shots than their opponent, that's when you know you're they're, they're really just putting their knee to their throat and forcing the opponent to play their game, which was great. And then the game before that, November 23rd, contest a shutout performance by the bolts. They didn't allow the flyers to score once. And of course, a lot of that has to do with the big cat, but you're talking about two very dominating performances of the Tampa Bay lightning versus the Philadelphia flyers. And if we know anything about torts, he's got an ego on him. So he's not going to see that and know that this team was embarrassed by the lightning back-to-back contests. And then now the home opener, and he's got something to prove as a head coach too. So I just love the fact that you mentioned that whatsoever, something to also keep in mind, guys, is that heading into this weekend, or this weekend, see my days, heading into this matchup, uh, the Bolts hosting the Flyers on Tuesday, there's a little matchup edge here. So when you pay attention to who has the edge in terms of goals per game, that leans towards the Flyers. Goals against per game, that leans towards the Flyers. Shots per game, which is good, leans towards the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then shots shots against per game, Flyers. Shooting percentage, Flyers. Opponent shooting percentage, Flyers. So there's a lot of things leaning in the Flyers' um, favor here. And mm-hmm. Kaylee, you said it. They're coming off of this, you know, high. They, they're they sitting pretty in the win column for one. And for two, they rallied back against ver- versus Vancouver. They were okay. at a 2-0 deficient and then all of a sudden come back to win it. So what does that tell you? This Flyers team is not a team to get lax with. This is not a team that you go and play a good first period and then let off in the second or play two good periods and then let off in the third. Victor Hedman said it after their loss to the um, to to the Penguins on Saturday. We have to play three periods of hockey, and you cannot host this team thinking that you're going to pull off a W with Torts at the helm and not play sixty full minutes of hockey. So one of the biggest things that I mentioned leaning into this, and their lines work very well. It's it's Travis Konechny, one of their driving forces. Um, he's a very again versatile, being a key word here, versatile guy. He set up his teammate. It was Scott Lafton on a shorthanded goal. We don't want to see any shorthanded opportunities. And you and I have talked at nauseum about the special teams. So just something to keep in mind, Bolts. They're coming off of this shorthanded goal. That's a big, big energizer for teams. And Konechny set him up. And then Konechny scores the game-winning goal. So you're talking about a kid who's really feeling himself right now, super mature, um, a player in the league, very skilled player in the league. And he's looking to contribute that much more and take off. Then you got uh, Tony D'Angelo, a power play guy. You give him an opportunity, and he's really going to try to seal the deal. So there's also players on this Flyers roster that you can't let them breathe, if we're being honest. You need to see that that smothering. Well, we haven't really seen it as much since Yanni Gord left the roster, but you need to kind of see that smothering presence while this defense, this this Bolts defense is still trying to figure out their strengths and how to play better in front of Vassie. And I'm guessing it's probably Vassie that's going to be in goal for the home opener. Yeah, yeah. You would expect nothing less. Um, and Vassie had a, a great performance against the Blue Jackets. Casey, I'm going to throw some numbers at you. Uh, and I think that these are numbers that really show potential weaknesses and where the Bolts could potentially really get in at the Flyers. I think that their best bet is to get, again, come out, fast start. You don't want to be behind in this game because you want to control. Um, But from there, what you need to do is is you need to really work their goaltending. So whenever I look at and, and their defense and whenever I look at their high danger chances for and against, they're allowing through two games, and these are two wins, they've allowed 22 high danger chances. They've only had 12 high danger chances. When you break those numbers down, uh, a lot of those high danger chances are given up in five on five play, but where it can get scary is when this team is on a power play, they've had seven high danger chances just on power plays. We know that the bolts have struggled in the penalty kill, so they have to have to lock it down in the penalty kill. If you're going to do it against any team, you need to do it against this team. They are going to be able to get in and get some high danger chances on the power play. So you really have to lock them down and shut them down very well. 
Uh, but aside from that, in five on five play, you have really strong opportunities to get some of those high danger chances, to get some looks. I would say that this is a team that you need to take advantage of and you need to put pressure on them. Get it through the neutral zone. Keep pushing. Like mm -hmm. you, you don't want to play too much time on your end. Obviously, like no one ever wants to do that, but really push through the neutral zone. Be very strong through there. Don't get cute with this team. This is not a team that you're gonna want to skate around and 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 mm -hmm. try to get cute with and do all these passes back and forth. No, if you have a shot, take the shot and 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 really move forward. And those are things that this team has struggled with in the past. They can get they can think too much because yeah, all of them are very smart. They have a very high uh, IQ when it comes to hockey knowledge. And so because of that, they can see opportunities instead of just taking the one that is in front of them and going towards the net. This is a team where this against this Flyers team. Uh, I, I think that their perspective should be shoot first, shoot first mentality, go mm -hmm. in there and get things done. Because again, against this defense, I really think that, that uh, against this Flyers defense, I really think that this team has an opportunity to put some really valuable uh, shots on net and really be able to, to cause some havoc there. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned them shooting first and maybe having a better advantage on five on five. Cause as we know, five on five is something that they want to clean up and work on and they could, they should have an opportunity here because of what you mentioned with the defense. Um, you know, flyers are sitting number 12 for average goals per game. And then they're also one below, um, the, the lightning when it comes to their power play percentage. So something that the lightning can take advantage of there. The nerve wracking part is they sit a couple percentages higher than the Tampa Bay lightning. When it comes to that PK, uh, they're sitting at 85 or 87.5% number 10 in the league right now. And yes, this is just through three games guys. Um, but just to kind of put some numbers into perspective there. Uh, I love that you mentioned the shoot. Don't overthink it because if there's a guy on this team uh, that I think can can step into that mentality can embrace that shoot don't overthink it it's nick paul i'm calling yeah. on nick paul to really show up that. this game um i think him and killer are starting to have a lot more chemistry with one another you know killer has so much respect for for nick paul's style of play we talk about unorthodox players um in in victor hedman and, and nikita kucherov who's one of his own but there's something about nick paul where he just kind of he has his own way about him. He has this wayward way of skating that's powerful. He looks fast, but he's not that fast. He can draw wins. He can play on the power play unit. He can play on the penalty kill unit. He's very physical, and he loves a good fight. So I feel like this is a guy that needs to be very much orchestrated into the game plan versus torts versus the flyers and really pressure the flyers defense and, and, and bring it to them because again he could be physical and he's not afraid to shoot if you look back at any of his goals through playoffs and towards the end of the regular season he just had these shots that are like how in the world did he do it how what was his eye what was his vision leaning into that was he was he intending to score? Or was he setting somebody else up? So Nick Paul is very exciting in that sense and somebody who I feel like can lead the charge on the just shoot. Don't get cute. Don't try to overly set each other up. Don't overly sit out there and pass, 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 because this Flyers team, they're not desperate. They're excited and they're building off of a lot of excitement and excitement can be just as dangerous as desperation. So, so glad that you mentioned that. Um, I want to see Nick Paul really kind of open up and let off. I want to see Ross Colton build off of Friday. I want to see Vladdy get more involved. He's due for a goal, even mm -hmm. though he's helpful in the, in the two way play there. This is a kid who knows how to score. So he needs to get involved in, in, in the magic there. Um, and then leave it to me. I want to hear Brandon Hagel's name again. Like we did game one. Yep. Um, it takes some acclimation to play on that first line. Absolutely. You want a star player on almost every line. And so he's going to learn a lot playing alongside of those, the, the guys in that first unit there, but I hopefully it doesn't reduce his ability of what he brings to this game. So while he had a little bit more silence in the past two games, after those line changes, I feel like over a weekend a practice, some more time, you can, you can see more and hear more involvement from Hagel there. So Definitely, if they go in there and, and manage their five on five and have um, quality plays within their even strength and not rely on special teams here, you don't want to do that versus Philadelphia. You definitely don't want to be putting Philly on, on multiple penalty kills. I don't think it's going to play in the Bolts' favor here. They're going to win out by having good five on five. 
a hundred percent. And, and really when you look and you see what the flyers are able to do offensively, Casey, it really comes down to their top line. Their top line, uh, has, uh, the majority of the, their goals, um, this season and you know, which is to be expected, but here's where that can play into the lightning's advantage. The lightning might have more depth than this flyers team. And so whenever you think about more depth, okay, you want other guys to get involved. And so I love the fact that you, you called on the Nick Pauls and you called on the Brandon Hagels to get involved because this is a team when you're going against the flyers, you need to have depth. You, it can't just be all on your top line guys. It can't just be all on the same guys over and over. And so you, really what you have to do is get other people involved, which historically the lightning are really, really good at because they do have very, very good depth, which again, mm -hmm. you love to see. So that's twofold, right? Right. You need to shut down this top line. This top line has also allowed two goals against. So uh, when the top line is out there, not only are you shutting them down, but again, putting a lot of pressure because they're not as strong defensively. This top line isn't. And so mm -hmm. while they can produce, they cannot stop. They're not a shutdown line. They're an offensive line. They're created to go out there and do that. So getting at this top line in that kind of capacity and then getting other guys involved. And you gave a few names, uh, called a few people's numbers, and I'm going to do the same thing, Casey. I am calling on the Russians. Give me Ooh. some Kucherov. Give me some Sergachev. You, they, both of them have had some good games. Sir, uh, Kucherov has three assists. Sergachev has two. They have a combined five points. So they've been getting involved. They're in the mix but I would like to see them put a few more shots on goal. I would like to see Sergey get one in. I'd like to see Cooch get one in. And I know Cooch is on the top line. And I just said, Kaylee, you just said you have to have other guys involved. Well, I, I I'm calling Sergey's number. Side um, of. <laughs> exactly. I'm calling Sergey's number. And I think that I, I think it'd be really, really great to see him get involved. And another guy that I want to see a little bit more from is Alex Kalorn. He had two yes. assists uh, in three games. Um, and so I think though, that the combination with him and the Nick Paul and Steven Stamkos, I think that there's going to be an opportunity for, and I'm, and I'm calling it, I think Alex Kalorn is going to have one of those like rebound esque or redirect esque type shots because he plays really well right there in front of the goaltender, take mm -hmm. away the goaltender's eyes, play right there up close to the net and then get one in bank it. in. Alex Kalorn is so clutch in that area that I think that he's going to get one of those types of goals, uh, hopefully this game, but if not soon, uh, but that's really where he shines. And so it's also up to the other two guys that he's playing with. It's also up to Steven Stamkos, Nick Paul, get some, get again, shoot mm -hmm. first, get pucks on net, because what do you have to do? You have to trust Alex Kalorn is going to be able to redirect. He's going to be able yep. to play in that space. He's going to be able to play in that space. He's going to be playing it well. He's going to be able to get that puck all the way in, even if it's a little bit off or even if there's some defenders in the way. You have to trust your teammates. Uh, so shoot first. Don't try to get cute and really spread things out. That's the Those are some keys to, to winning this game. And along those lines, Casey... Yes. It's the perfect transition because we got to get into <laughs> your keys. So I, I gave off a few of my, I got excited. I gave off a few of my thoughts. <laughs> what are some of your thoughts going into this game against the Flyers? What I love about this little partnership we have going on is you set me up for Casey's keys so well, especially talking about getting the Russians more involved because they are one of my keys. <laughs> um Love that. Not even when that wasn't even a prior discussion, Pucks and Gold fans. <laughs> um, so yes, Casey Keys. I'll kind of just run down the line and then I'll circle back and tap into some of it. But I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast so far today. Even strength production is going to be key for this team, especially versus the Flyers there. As Kaylee mentioned, you've got to own that, that front line. Um, you've got to put a lot of pressure on this Flyers defense. And I think that they have a perfect setup to take advantage of that. 
Um, in terms of game flow, they had four goals. They kind of averaged throughout the weekend, four goals, six occurrences, over 50 minutes of play. They've got to get those numbers up. Everybody needs to get involved. Kaylee and I have both said it. So for me, that's the third key. Everybody needs to get involved. I want to see the statistics just look like uh, just – a fire of names, you know, killer started getting involved on the assist action on Friday. Again, flurry finally got involved. Then you've got Colton, then you've got Vladdy, then you've got stammer. Then you, everybody needs to have a hand in, in, in delivering a win on Tuesday night versus the flyers. Now something else. And I have said this quite a bit, but now I get to say it louder and prouder. I feel strongly about the fact that this Bolts team does better when the defense gets involved offensively. When you see these defensive players, not only pushing the puck forward, but playing, forward and getting back enough in time to defend in front of Vasi, you really see most times it's translated to a win for these guys, which takes me to what Kaylee set up so perfectly. Sergi, get in there, get in there, ripping the shots from the blue line. Chernak had a big shot um, towards the net versus Pittsburgh that could have been, you know, they could have been capitalized on for something else, but you can't just do it once or twice and hope that those are going to be those moments that it turns into points. You got to do it a lot. And whenever this defense does it a lot, it contributes massively to their top four lines. So the more offensively that the defense gets involved, it sets up great opportunities. I want to see that reduce the penalties, reduce, reduce, reduce. I defended the bolts at first and said NBD, but it's not NBD anymore. 12 penalties over three games, averaging four penalties a game is not it puck management. As I mentioned earlier, top of the segment, 13 takeaways, and you're only taking away the puck four times in comparison, and you're going up against a team that is going to have a, for, a first line that's going to try to bring it to you, you don't want to give them that opportunity. You don't want to set them up for success. Their puck management has to be way better. Their control in the neutral zone has to be way better. Uh, calling on Nick Paul. You're calling on Alex Kalorn, and I love that because, like you said, that whole line has got to has got to gel and step up, and I feel like Nick Paul and Alex Kalorn can feed off of one another because, again, they were kind of a one-two punch in playoffs and, and many circumstances so we both want to see that line succeed but i'm definitely calling on nick paul to show up and be that aggressor use his physicality take those shots without overthinking it not doing too much pass 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 because that makes every bolts fan sick to their stomach um draw on those penalties force these guys to play on their heels they have an advantage to do that and um you know he's not afraid of taking shots and that was probably my last key don't be afraid to shoot Go for it. And you said that from the beginning, Kaylee. So those those are Casey's keys to succeeding and um, hopefully opening up the, the season at Amelie Arena with a W. And we know that this team wants to do that. We know that, that that Amelie Arena is just electric. There was something so interesting because the last preseason game, the only home preseason game that this team had, it just felt like a real game. Mm -hmm. Fans are excited. They're on board. And whether you think Tampa Bay is a hockey, hockey town or not, you know, the fans believe it. And so they're going to have so much backup hosting the Flyers at Amelie Arena. And as long as they put their keys together, I feel like it's going to be a good, good Tuesday night here in Tampa Bay. And it really can be. Uh, Casey, thank you so much for those keys. Those were fantastic. And I'm going to take fans over to Kaylee's Corner. And for Kaylee's yes, Corner, yes. here's what we're talking about. We're going goaltending between the pipes. Yep. Andre Vasilevsky, we know that he is the backbone of this team. We know how well he plays when he's on. This is a guy that has a 92.46 save percentage. That's bonkers. He's he's playing so well to start the season. Uh, adjusted save percentage, uh, including some advanced metrics, that bumps up to a 94.26. So, he is playing really well. Here's what you need to do. You got to play well in front of him. Uh, we, we already talked a little bit about this defense really shining. Um, but you have to also keep your eyes on Carter Hart, the Flyers goaltender. Now, Carter Hart is also playing out of his mind in these first two games. His mm -hmm. save percentage so far, Casey, is 93.85. So he's wow. playing very well. Uh, and, and because of how much time and action Vasi has seen over the last few years, people know where his weaknesses are. They know go high blocker shot. They know 
where and when to get in the mix. Carter Hart is, is you know, a, a little bit of a younger guy. He was born in 1998 uh, for anybody <laughs> wanting to feel old. He's just 20. Thank you for that, Kaylee. Before just, morning coffee, you make us feel aged. <laughs> he's just 24 years old. Um, so he's a, he's a young guy. He's getting into the mix. And Carter Hart is really going to solidify himself as the backbone of this team. Um, and, and in some ways he already has, because again, yeah. he's, he's really fantastic. Um, the flyers were down to nothing and Hart really turned the game around. He, he was able to stop some really impactful goals. He's not impossible to get at. Again, the flyers were down to nothing. So this is a team that you can get to. Carter Hart is a guy that you can get to, but he's also a guy that can turn it on. And so mm -hmm. not only do you have to have a strong start and get at him early, but you have to have sustainable pressure. Yes. Because again, this is a guy that is able to turn it on. He has a very high safe percentage. He's really fantastic in the goal. Uh, he's ha He has great eyes. I'm not saying that he's Vasilevsky because we all know how I feel about our Vasi. One big cat. <laughs> what I am saying is that he's good. He's mm -hmm. really good. And so you cannot discount him. Um, and so again, that's why my whole key uh, my whole corner and and what I'm going to continue to say revolves around shooting first. This is a guy you have to put some pucks on net against him. And so my corner was looking at between the pipes. Carter Hart is going to give this team a little bit of a run for their money. But Andre Vasilevsky, he's the backbone. And I think that he's going to continue to shine. So Casey, we did Kaylee's corner. We did Casey's keys. And uh, it's just about time to wrap up. Any other thoughts going into this matchup against the Flyers or any final takeaways from the weekend? Um, nothing that I can think of. I think we I think we really got in there. And, you know, we'll be back to give everybody a, a review of what the result is after Tuesday. And hopefully it's good news. Kaylee and I had a rough weekend. So we just <laughs> need not rough in life, but rough in, you know, Tampa and Bay <laughs> and football losing to Pittsburgh. Like what the heck? How do, how do both teams go to a city and come back with the same result and it not be a good result? That was just, that was painful for me. I told our producer before the show, I'm still trying to digest that first thing <laughs> on a Monday morning. So other than that, just let's, let's not have another performance out of Philadelphia that does not go well. Um, Agreed. And Agreed. that's probably my big takeaway. <laughs> I retweeted. <laughs> Retweet, uh, fans. Thank you guys so much for listening. Casey and I are actually going to be at the game tomorrow. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Kaylee Mizell. Casey is at the sports case. That's K A S E. We will have some behind the scenes action and info for you guys. This is pucks and bolts. You can get this podcast on a multi weekly basis. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or you can and i think you should download the odyssey app because they have extras and tons of stuff for you turn on that auto download button pucks and bolts fans and we will get these podcasts right into your ears as soon as they are out thank you so much for listening i'm kaylee mizell she's casey hudson and we'll see you next time 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.